you guys. Um, well, boy, I tell you, everything that's, that uh, everybody's been speaking is just, whew, I love it when God orchestrates, right? The worst thing is when it's your bright idea. That's just, I'm so, Father, thank you for delivering us from our own bright ideas. So, Papa, we just uh, give this time to you. I thank you, Father, that this is you. We just, we, I just believe for you to be speaking through me, Father, whatever people need. And feel free to interrupt, because this is your deal. So I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. So it was interesting because I, I had a chance finally to come to one of the early morning prayer sessions. And um, what was so cool about that is that the Lord is ministering all about this water level, water level, that the water level was rising. The water, it was the whole gusher thing, right? And I felt like it was kind of like a growth chart for us. I was looking at like a growth chart. And what was cool is that it was just, we're just growing really fast. We're growing in the spirit. What was so fun is that he had, um, he was inviting people to come play because Papa's in a good mood and he's got kids. How many kids, how many know your kids love to swim and play and splash and do all the little tricks in the water and all that? And so he was inviting us to play, but he was also inviting just the community at large, right? He was like, this is like a come, everybody come in. And, and the waters were healing. The waters were deliverance. The waters were, um, invigorating. It was just plain fun. And then I kind of got out and I was kind of meditating on it a little bit. And I was like, yeah, and I'm, I'm inviting people to come walk on the water. So he's inviting us to be water wa- water walkers as well because he's got feats for us. So we, when we want to just be kids, we can come splash and play. And when we want to be sons, we just go walk on the water. So we've got it coming and going. And the water level is rising, is rising, is rising, is rising. So it's exciting. And you guys are a part of that because it's coming out of you. Right? It's not like it's coming raining down from the heavens. It's coming out of you. So I just thought that was awesome. Um, just really excited about that. So anyway, just wanted to release that. Um, I did want to say for those of you who are um, prayer encounter ministers or prayer force uh, ministers or either one wannabes, um, do come to the meeting. I know Tracy um, has a her uh, small group session today and she was gracious enough to say listen if you have to make a choice go to the encounter ministers meeting um so or the prayer force meeting so um if that's you we're gonna just we're not gonna do this very often we we want to kind of get it in get her done and get us all on the same page and then go about our business right because you got stuff to do and so do so do we so she was just very gracious tracy is incredibly gracious um so if that's you and you feel like you have to pick and choose go to the encounter minister prayer force meeting um, and, um, and then she'll pick up in two weeks, assuming that everything's going good with Mother's Day. Okay, so let's get into the Word, because i got a lot got to do in a short time to get there, so put your fast ears on. Ooh, and Rachel got second on beam. Woo, okay, good. Awesome. She's at, at uh, Rachel, my daughter's in her gymnastics meet, and the reason why Shalise isn't here is because Lily's doing her dance competition, so it's competition day for the kids. So just pray for them. They're, they're, uh, they're awesome. Okay, so let's do the word because we can have church. So Jeremiah 29, 11. You guys know this one, right? It's a good one. For I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil to give you hope in your final outcome. So God is a really positive, optimistic God. And he's into, he wants you to enter into the place where you're living your highest life. And how many of you know we go from glory to glory? I love what Galen said. He said, you know, I'm believing for this um, level of giving. Okay, now we've reached that. We've actually, you know, gone above what we intended. Now I'm believing to come up to a higher level. And this is what we do. We go from glory 
to glory. Okay, so we're going to talk about busting out of limits. How many of you, does that sound good? How many of you have felt some limits and you're feeling constricted and it's time to get out from under, right? Okay, so if that's not you, ask the Lord, it is you. You just haven't figured it out what it is you need to bust out of. Because the Lord wants you peaceful and happy campers. But honestly, if you get too comfortable, he's going to scoot you on out because you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. He's got something bigger and greater and wilder and more awesome, specifically with your name on it. So we're just going to enter into that place of glory to glory. Now, let me tell you what that is not. That is not um, an invitation to self-analyze and beat yourself up because you're not at the next level of glory. Because honestly, if we were all operating there, we would just be perfect representations of Jesus all the time. Now, I have just not attained, and neither have you, so we can just settle down and realize that there is a higher level of glory. So this is not, if, if you have the lenses that tend to feel a little condemned because, oh God, I've got this limitation, I've got this unbelief, I've got this whatever this is, um, and you, now you just, you shake it on off like a bad fitting robe. It's not yours. You're not allowed to be condemned. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So um, don't just shake that thing off. But get excited because it means that God is something greater for you. And there's something you can do to cooperate with that, to bring that to pass. God is all about partnership. He's all about partnering with you to bring out the greatness in you. Because there's not one of you that was not called the greatness. And so um, we just, and we're going to get there from here by just being faithful in the next level of glory, the next level of glory. So let's talk about things that we attitudes we have or things we're carrying, whatever, that limit God, okay? Now, let's talk a little bit. I have to kind of, we're not necessarily coming from the same backgrounds. God is sovereign. Let's be clear. God is sovereign, yes. He's the head honcho. He's number one. He's, you know, he's in charge. He created everything. He's number one, okay? He is Lord, okay? But sovereignty does not mean that everything that the Lord wants comes to pass, How many of you know that people die and go to hell every day? Okay. How many of you know that is not God's will? So not God's will, God's will does not always come to pass. There are things that we have to realize that in order to bring God's will for you to come to pass, we need to partner with some things. And most of that's really going to be in the area where we have limitations on how we see God, limitations on how we see ourselves, you know, different lies and different things that we're believing that seriously limit God, okay? Um, and on, we don't, who wants to limit God, right? But he, he understands. He's patient with us. He helps us in our infirmities. He helps us figure out what the heck is wrong with us that we're having a hard time manifesting a healing. We're having a hard time manifesting that, um, that provision that we need or uh, have a hard time bringing our family into the kingdom or whatever that is. So he's there to partner with us to help us not to beat us up. Okay, but he's inviting us up higher. Okay, so let's take it in the spirit that's in, it's intended. All right. So one of the major ways that we limit God is simply through ignorance. We don't know what we don't know. How many of you came from a religious background and weren't at all sure that healing was always God's will? Okay, so you came from that and you had to really struggle with this thing. Well, maybe it's maybe he's trying to teach me something. Okay. 
If we're operating in ignorance about what's ours and who God is and who we are, it's going to be very hard to manifest what God has for us, yes? And for what he has for us in us, okay, what he has for us to be. And so Isaiah 55 says in verse 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways not your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Okay, well, this is a no-brainer. I get that because the last time I checked, I wasn't always thinking like God. How many of you know, too, that you can believe, and I'm speaking really fast because i got a lot to say, a short time to get there. I want to shove it all in you, and you guys can chew on it all the way through lunch if you go to the meeting or chew on it all the way home and all week, okay? But I want to give you your money's worth today. Um, so um, wherever we're limited in our thinking, and very often we have the right theology, I don't know how many times I sit with someone in a, a session. They know God loves them. I mean, Tawana, you had this amazing experience with my daddy loves me, right? It's amazing. It's going to make me cry if I talk about it anymore, so I'm getting off topic. But um, gorgeous experience. Now, did you know theologically that your daddy loves you? Yes, yes you did. Yes, you did. You probably heard that in Sunday school. But ha- unless you have an encounter with that in the area of you that felt like I'm not sure at all that I'm lovable, okay? See, if this paper is kind of the line between our conscious thoughts and our subconscious thoughts, number one, the subconscious thoughts are way higher than the conscious thoughts. We operate up here, and we got all this stuff going down here. Now, some of the stuff going down here is excellent stuff, like where you learned that you were lovable, where you learned... Um, that you're safe, that you're going to be taken care of. Those are fabulous things, and those are subconscious things that are running your life and that are good. Those are the things that were intended. Okay, but how many of you know that there's subconscious junk that we got from one place or another? Maybe a parent told us that we'd never amount to anything. Maybe um, you were abused. You know, whatever that thing was. Maybe someone left you. Maybe there was an abandonment. Maybe everything, maybe your parents were great, but you misinterpreted what they said. I don't know what the deal is for you. I just know we all have it, okay? And if you pretend you don't have it, you're deluded. I don't know what else to say. Okay, so what ends up happening is that the thoughts we have down here are going to supplant what we have up here. So you may theologically think, my daddy loves me, but boy, down here, you're suffering, and you're not at all sure that you're lovable. And so it comes up as weird fruit, so maybe you're, you're um, um, subverting relationships. Uh, maybe because you feel unlovable, you um, just have this thing and you end up with bad hat. Maybe you're sleeping around. I don't know what the deal is. I'm not saying that on anyone. But you and I both know it happens. Okay? So we've got this bad fruit that's coming up. And what it tends to happen is we try to hack it off. So we try to do behavior control, uh, all that kind of stuff. And how many of you know that if you cut off a dandelion at the top... It's just going to grow up over here, and it's going to grow over here. So this whole sense, we don't know what we don't know. That's brilliant, but you should write it down. We really do not know what we don't know. We don't know what our deal is. I don't know what my deal is. Like, I had this huge thing this week um, in an area, and I'm, I'm, I'm about this business, so this is my MO, okay? And I had this huge breakthrough this week in an area that showed me something, a lie that I was believing at this teeny, like a 15-month-old who had this incorporated in her little self, and it was bearing this fruit. 
And I'm wondering, why does this keep on popping up? This, you know, same thing in a different way, because it was that lie that that was implanted. And I had to have the Lord minister in that area. Okay, so God's thoughts are higher than his thoughts. But how many, and you know that God is, I don't know how else to say it, one with himself. I mean, like he's completely self-aware. He knows his deal. But we don't know our deal. And so we need help. So we limit God because of these things down here very often that are going to trump this up here. That are going to trump the good theology. Jesus loves me. He's going to provide for my needs. He's going to heal my body. And to the extent that we're not manifesting that is the extent that we really don't have it down. And you know what? There is no... There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Like, there's none of one of us that has it down. I'm happy to point out my flaws, but truthfully, a lot of them are really obvious, so I don't really have to, okay? But I'm just saying I'm in process, and so are you. So let's just be honest and real about that. This is church. This is a place, honestly, where you can be naked, so to speak, and you are safe to be so. You're safe to be you with all your mess. We're going to love you anyway, yes? So that's what that is. So we limit God in the areas where we're not thinking like God, okay? Sometimes what happens is, is that when we're trying to figure out how things should look, we end up comparing ourselves with other people. How many of you have done that? We know we do that. We've all done that, okay? But it's not wise. Second Corinthians 10, 12 says, by measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, they are not wise. Because what ends up happening, two things will happen with that. Number one, you'll compare yourself with someone. Say someone has this, say a look at Trish. And Trish has this off-the-chain intercessory. She's flying off in the heavenlies. And I'm like, well, I want that. You know, suddenly I, that, what that would do is make me feel inferior if I weren't secure in who I was. Because it's such a gorgeous gift. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Okay? And then I could become jealous of her. I could do all, or I could just envy her. Now, the thing is, it's okay to look at that gift and say, man, I, I want that, Lord, just give me more. So that's good. But to get in a place where it's making me feel insecure and inferior, and there's something wrong with me, that's a problem. Or, let's say, we, um, we compare ourselves basically to maybe a church that doesn't believe in the gifts. And we think, well, man, you know, I pray and headaches go away. And these people don't even believe. They're waiting for God's will to come upon them. And we look down on them. Okay, so either we're going to run into the ditch of I'm superior or I'm inferior. So that comparison is not helpful. So what's the standard we need to compare ourselves by? It's the word of God. It's the truth of God. It's the spirit of God speaking through the word of God that we need to compare it to. And let me tell you, it's a high standard. Jesus said, and he might know, he said, with man this is impossible, with God all things are possible. All things are possible. He said, um, he said, um, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong quote here. Um, No word of God, for with God there is nothing that is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible or fulfillment. So how many of know, how many of you know, how many of you guys have staggered in unbelief? Is this just me? I'm just saying, okay, there are things that I'm still staggering, and I'm just like, God, just, I need help. Help me. And he's like, awesome, let me help you, baby. Because I'm honest with him about where, honestly, I'm, right? And this is why we go from glory to glory. 
Okay, this is where we start walking on water, and we're like, Peter, we're looking at the wind and the waves, and we go under, but Jesus is like, yeah, you walked on water, okay, let's, let's get up and do it again, and let's figure out what the limitation is while you're finding those winds and waves a whole lot greater than my word to say, come, and walk on water, yeah? And so, and so there's no condemnation in it, but there is an invitation in it. There's an invitation in it. Okay, wow, I got through my first page. I promise you I won't keep you super late. I'm going to be really mindful of time because I know you guys are busy. Okay, fear limits God. This is huge, okay? Biggest, one of the biggest fears we run into, fear of man. What are people going to think? Let's say you've got this inside you. You've got this ministry, and it's like, I, I, I know. I'm supposed to minister to, to orphans. I'm supposed to set up orphanages in, in Kenya or something, Okay. Um, where one of your kids are, policy, right? Um, so, um, you know, but you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a good job and I'm making money and I'm trying to get my kids through school and I, I've got to be responsible and have retirement. And, you know, what are people going to think? And we, we draw back because we're afraid. We're afraid of what we're called to do. I, 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 my own testimony that summer with this is I had, I spent years and lots of money becoming a medical doctor. That's what I did. And I, and I practiced for years. Um, and really when, um, when I felt like it was that, there was no grace on it. Okay. And I wanted to be a full-time mom. And then I was called into ministry. There was a lot of that grappling with what people think. Okay. What will people think? To my dying day, my grandmother thought I was insane. Okay, she's like, lost my mind, not only going home and being with the kids, but going into ministry. So, but you know, you got to do what the Lord is leading you to do. You got to, you got to lead. The, the word says the fear of man brings a snare, but whoso puts his trust in the Lord shall be saved. And let me tell you, when you step out, you're going to get hit. You will, you will. You're gonna, people are going to criticize you and usually it comes from the church. I'm just saying, okay, usually it comes from the church. And so we've got to have an infrastructure that can handle, Lord, this is what you told me. And, and they think I'm demonized. They call Jesus demonized. You have to have an infrastructure. I've been called demonized. Okay. Um, it's, it's really fun. <laughs> okay. Um, but, I mean, from amazing people in the church. Okay. But I'm just saying, ow. Okay, so that happens. But we got to stand in what we're being called to do right? We have to stand before Jesus and say, I, you know, I, I best, I knew I was faithful. And he's like, oh yeah, girl, you're good. Um, fear of failure, huge one. Fear of failure is usually rooted in the performance driven people. Does anyone say amen? We know some of these people. Okay. Um, the thing with that is that if the Lord is calling you to do that, there's a grace to do that. And one of the things that, you know, I so appreciated, uh, Jessica, I don't know where she is, but um, when you said that this is a safe place, that's our heart, and we haven't always been a safe place, and also we're going to screw up and not be safe sometimes, it's just going to happen, you know, we're just, it's what that is, but generally we're creating a safe place, and we want this a safe place for you to step out and fail, and we're going to like, man, that was awesome, that was noble failure, we're so excited that you stepped out, and then if you fail long enough in something, you're going to succeed, okay? So this, this sense of like failure being, making you a failure is so anti-Christ. Because if you're not trying anything and falling flat on your face, you're not trying anything, 
okay? You're, you're just not. And so fear of failure is something that's going to hold you back every time. And let me say, when God gives you something great and you're stepping out, you will be fighting this. It, it's going to happen. But the truth is, you've got to recognize, like, listen, my God called me this. I cannot fail. I cannot fail, okay? Fear of success. This is a big one. And usually this is related. The fear of failure can be a self-image problem. You can have the you'll never amount to something, okay? And that'll come up as a fear of failure. And sometimes if you have that fear of failure, you will undermine and sabotage because you'd rather fail earlier rather than later. It's less painful. And boy, isn't this amazing? Everybody's like, yeah, I can really. Okay, I'm just saying, like, who hasn't seen themselves? But this one's a strange one, but you'll make sense when I explain it. Fear of success limits God. And this is definitely a self-image problem. Because usually what happens is when you have an infrastructure that's really not sure at all that you're lovable, that you're great, that you're created in the image of God and all these different things, and you get your identity there, that you're just beloved. You're beloved when you fall fat on your face. You're beloved when you're walking on water. You're beloved when you play in the water. You're just beloved. You just can't help it. You're just loved. Just settle down and you're loved. Okay, but the thing is that that's not rooted in you and you have the wrong things rooted in you. When you get success, there's a part of you that's going to feel like a fraud. You see this all the time in people who've had success, especially really big and really early. And so they just go off the deep end because there's a part of them that says, you know what, this is such, I'm such a fraud. I'm such a fraud. I'm such a fraud. And, and you're, you're, you're double backpedaling, trying to make it work because you don't want anybody to find out that really, if you really knew me, you'd know that it was a fraud. Well, really, if we really knew you, we'd know you were amazing. And of course you're going to do amazing things because you are amazing, okay? But so they undermine and people undermine. Um, the other one that will come into this is a sense of unworthiness. So if there's some place in you that's felt shamed and some place in you that's felt unworthy was made to feel less than, you've got this thing down here saying shameful, shameful, unworthy, unworthy. All this sin that I did and I was saved and I knew better and I keep on doing it and whatever that is and you've got this unworthy, unworthy and success comes, you'll undermine it because this identity down in you says this doesn't match. And this will always trump this. Okay, so how many times have we self-sabotaged in areas where we felt like, well, I don't deserve happiness. I don't deserve it because of whatever, okay? Um, some, some people kind of that are brought up maybe in more of a religious household maybe may have a challenge with this because they have a fear of becoming independent from God. In Deuteronomy 20 and something, hold on, 8, let me see, 8, um, it talks about less when you've eaten and are full, basically that you'll turn away and forget the Lord your God. He's going to give you all these houses, you're going to do all these things, you're going to get all these amazing things, and you're full and you're happy camper and you are lifted up and you forget God. And so some people are afraid of success because they're worried that their relationship with the Lord is, they're going to forget it. And they're going to take, and so really the cure for that is humility and also intimacy. You know, when you realize if you've got a great gift, Gee whiz, it wasn't even yours, it was given to you. So like, how can you take credit? 
And then how can you be upset with someone else's great gift because it was given to that? It's just everybody, we just need to settle down and celebrate everybody. Like, just be happy. Be happy. And I want to see you manifest your greatness. I'm going to see you manifest your glory. I'm going to be like, oh, God, you look good. I just, oh, that's so good. And you're so excited for them because it says nothing about you being less than. It just means that everybody's coming up. Guys, the water level is rising. How many of you know when the water level, it's everywhere. So the water level for me, the water level for you, everything is rising and we're called to that. And so we don't have to be all, get our panties in a wad. I said that on tape. Every single time someone else gets like a promotion or someone else, right? We can rejoice in that because, because we're great too. It does nothing to detract from us. It just makes, you know, guys, when someone else's glory is shining, it shines on you and you look better. Okay, so we all get to rejoice together for, um, for that. Okay, another quick one. I'm looking at the time here. Another quick one. Um, this is not a shocker, but unbelief. Huge way that we, uh, that we limit God. So in Psalm 78, 40 through 42, it talked about um, how often they provoked him. These were the children of Israel that were wandering in the wilderness. In the wilderness. And they grieved him in the desert Yes, again and again they tempted God, and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Okay? And these were not even New Covenant believers. These were Old Covenant believers. So if Old Covenant believers can limit God, who is sovereign, by, um, by their unbelief, what does that say of us New Covenant believers who received Christ's authority? Like, who received that are in Christ. And so our unbelief, how much are we limiting him? Let me say this. You are not allowed to be condemned. So just shake that thing off. Okay? It's not you. It's not okay. But I'm just saying, in that, come up higher. Go to the Lord. Say, Lord, what is my deal? I'm so sorry. I am, I'm having such a hard time believing you. And I need help. And I'll probably believe you less tomorrow if I don't get some help. I need help. And he's so okay with that. He's okay with you being you, with your mess, with your unbelief, and all that kind of stuff. But he's not okay to leave you there. And he's not okay, honestly, honestly, if you're going to get lazy and stuff, you might get a little spanking from the Lord. We're not, we're not going to do that. Okay? So those lies where we, and we, guys, we don't know what we don't know. You know, we can say, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Okay, I can sing that song from whatever that movie is. Okay, but the truth is, if we have unbelief down here, that's going to trump this. And so if there's an area that you've been believing for for a long time and it's not manifesting, we need to go figure out down here, God, what is up with me and my deal that I just can't believe that you're good, that you want good for me, that man that you, you if, if anybody's going to get a blessing, it's going to be me. Okay, what is it down here that's subverting that? Because that's where, that, you've got to believe in your heart. Your heart's not your brain. You've got to believe in your heart that he's Lord in whatever area you need that lordship. So whatever needs ministry down here needs ministry down there, whatever that looks like. So, and the bottom line is going to come down to mind renewal. Now we're going to get that with a word. We're going to get that with teaching. We're going to get that five zillion ways. Um, if you want to fast track, get your rethink mind renewal sessions. I will unabashedly tout that um, because it's a shortcut. Do that. Figure out what, because it's not just I'm screwed up and I need help. Okay. Well, that's everybody. Okay. But including me. But it's also, okay, I'm not thinking right. 
So I've been stuck in this poverty thing, and I just can't get out of that sticking thing. I can't get that thing off me, and I'm confessing, and I'm reading, and I'm doing whatever, and it's not working. There's something operating in you that's trumping what you know to be true in your mind. So go there. Bring that into your session. What is it that's, keep, that's limiting me? And so, Especially if you keep on going around the same stinking mountain. How many people have traveled around the mountain five zillion times? Everybody says, okay, I'm, okay, good. There's the honest people there. Thank you, honest people. Um, but, you know, if, if you're going around the same stick and mountain, man, find out what the root of that thing is. Man, we don't have time. We don't have time to be messing around. Uh, we don't know how we're limiting God because we don't know what we don't know. And we need help. And the Lord is just the one to do that. And one of the things I really appreciate about Jessica's testimony, too, is that we need the Lord to tell us. I'm sorry, you know, the leadership here is great. Okay, we're great. Okay, we're great. That's good. That's fine. But, I mean, apart from Christ, we can do nothing, okay? So, no, let's, so let's go to the source. And so if you can't find, if you can't go to the source and figure out from the source on your own, get some help. You know, guys, I go to these sessions all the time because I need probably more help than the average bear. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to be humble. I'm just being really honest. I need help. So I go to these rethink sessions to get help because I know my mind is not thinking right. I know there's stuff down here that's subverting this. And I'm going around the mountain. So we need to, you know, let's get this thing done, okay? We need to get our eyes off our circumstances and onto God, okay? Because he's our source. And the thing is, the circumstances are big, fat, and hairy. They're loud. They speak loudly. And we have such busy, busy, busy lives that it's really hard to hear that small, still small voice of God. You know, one of the things we do really well is, is help people hear the voice of God, help people see God. That's one of the things that we can impart to you as well, that ability. But the truth is, if you're not slowing down and you're not taking time, you're going to have a hard time hearing, God, what is my deal? Because I'm back at the same mountain again. What is, what is my, I'm, okay, there, I'm there again. I, I'm here again. And I'm going to go around that mountain until I get whatever it is that's limiting me and where I'm limiting you. Because I guarantee you, God is not walking around the mountain. You know, he's come up, come up, come on, let's come up. Let's do it. Okay. So we need to get our eyes off of ourselves, the eyes off our circumstances. I mean, seriously, how capable is God? How capable is he? How masterful is he? How much does he love you? So the truth is, if he's capable and masterful, and he's totally smitten with you, then seriously, what's supposed to be, what's supposed to be coming up higher and coming off of you, or supposed to be um, torn off of you, or supposed to be given unto you, whatever that is, he's withholding nothing. He that spared not his own son, how shall he freely not with him give us all things? How shall that not happen? Well, let me tell you, the answer to that is because we're limiting him with our unbelief, with whatever that is. And this is not a beat-up message. We're all on the same page. We're all guilty. So we all need Jesus to help us with that, okay? Let's talk about um, something else. Let me see what we're doing for time. Okay, so let's talk about something else. Let's talk about, um, I'm trying to skip a little bit. Let's talk about our imagination, okay? So this is something that Shalise has a gorgeous um, revelation on. Um, and so um, if you ever hear her preach on it, it's gorgeous. I'm going to just delve a little bit in it because it fits right in here. See, we have an imagination. It's like a blank canvas, okay? Now, our imagination is a blank canvas, which means 
stuff can be written on it. Which means the stuff that can be written on it can be good or it can be evil, okay? So depending on the source. Now you get to decide who gets to write on your imagination. How many of you, um, let's say you were waiting for a spouse to come home or a child to come home and you didn't hear from them and your mind started working. You know, you're seeing them in the ditch bleeding. You know, you're seeing the drunk driver who passed him out. You, they got shot by a gang. Or, you know, your mind starts, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, they ran off with their boyfriend. I mean, you know, whatever. The mind, you, those are wicked imaginations, right? We've all done it. So by the time they got home, you're a mess. You're a mess. And you're trying to get yourself out of being a mess into being in faith. Okay, so what needs to happen is we need to give our imagination. When that starts happening, the Word of God says in Second uh, Corinthians ten four that the Word of God is mighty uh, before God in the pulling down of strongholds inasmuch as we take our thoughts captive, our imaginations captive, and lead them to the obedience of Christ. Well, what the heck does that mean? That means whatever's going on in your thought life that's not in line with what God would say, that is not um, full of his life, overflowing with the goodness of God and his heart in that, um, that needs to be taken captive, okay, and brought to obedience. We've let our imaginations been hijacked by the enemy. Okay, you know, you never think in that case, oh God, maybe, you know, um, they just got a letter and they're going to pick up this $5 billion inheritance and they didn't have time to call me. You know, you never think of something like that, right? Maybe they're planning this great vacation and they got so excited that they just forgot to call me. You know, we never think that, okay? So the imagination in Hebrew is called Yetzer. Sure, I pronounced that really wrong. Um, it's conception, frame, the thing frame, imagination, mind, and work. And what I like about it, it talks about conception. Because what's happening in your imagination, when there's the word of God or the word of the enemy that's implanted in that, okay, you literally have conceived something. In um, Genesis 6, 5 through 6, it talks about the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every imagination and intention of human thinking was only evil continually. Okay, so their imagination, what had been planted in their imagination was a hijack from the enemy who planted garbage. Okay, and they acted out of garbage. Okay, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you're acting out of that place, you're going to act out on garbage. It's going to happen. So there was an imagination that was hijacked. Well, you can sanctify your imagination. And we do this all the time when we're teaching you how to see and hear from the Lord. Lord, here is my imagination. Write on it what you will. And if you're willing to, number one, trust God that if you give it to him, he's not going to drop it. The enemy's not going to run interference and, you know, intercept it. Okay? Like, seriously, God is well able, and he can paint amazing things. And usually for us, our problem's going to be, whoa, that's so good. Wow. And we're going to be a little mind-boggled. But it'll be good. It's good. You'll be stretched with that. So probably the closest thing in the, in the New, New Testament where it talks about um, our imagination is um, the word, oh boy, dianoia, which is Greek. And that talks about the faculty, the imagination, the mind, and understanding. And Ephesians 1.17 um, at 1.18, Paul is praying that the eyes of your heart or the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. 
Now, so this is your imagination. You want an enlightened imagination, not, not the New Age version of enlightenment. We're going to take that back because who is light? Jesus. Okay, so we're taking that back. Our imaginations are enlightened, so what? You may know what the hope that he has called you to. See, there's a hope he's called you to, and you know, the hope is a precursor of faith, so you've got a hope first. He's called you to that hope. That's a calling for you, okay? You've got to know what that is. How many people are out there, I don't know what the Lord has for me. Well, you know, we need to engage with him. Well, Lord, what do you have for me? And allow him to paint on that canvas. It also talks about that you would know um, the glories of the riches of the inheritance that have been placed inside you. You need to be a revelation of your inheritance. That takes enlightened eyes. That takes an imagination that, that is, belongs to the Lord and says, baby, this is yours. Go get it. Get your stuff. Okay? Get your stuff. Okay? You need enlightened imagination. And then the incomparably... Um, Great power for us who believe. Well, you're a believer. There is power to you that you can't fathom. You literally need enlightened eyes to get it. Okay? You need enlightened eyes to get it. We, that's what we are needing. So we're dedicating that. That's going to help shoot out of the water um, this unbelief, all this junk that's in there that is limiting God. Now, sometimes you're going to need to go down into these places, and the Lord's going to take you some places. You're going to have encounters, and through your imagination with the Lord, he's going to heal some stuff. He's going to deliver you from stuff. So what ends up coming up is his fruit, not the enemy's fruit, right? That sounds good to me, man. Um, let me see where we are. I'm trying to honor your time. Um, last thing I'm going to mention is the art of meditation. Okay, now, meditation is not a New Age term. It's a Bible term that was intercepted by the New Age because it works. You know, these spiritual principles will work in the kingdom of light. They work in the kingdom of darkness. Okay, so we need to take our stuff back as a church, okay? So Joshua 1.8, it says the book of the law, or you can interpret that as the instruction, Okay, shall not depart out of your mouth, that's speaking, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. So this meditation project, whatever the Lord gives you, you do need to meditate on it. This is your Luke, your Mark 4, where the sower sows the word and keeps the word and does not allow it to be number one stolen, doesn't allow it, doesn't, doesn't uproot it before it's time, um, doesn't allow the, um, the cares um, and, and thorns of this world to, to choke it out, the deceitfulness of riches to choke it out, and then you're going to get a harvest. See, the enemy is after the word that he's sown. He's after the word he's sown, whether that's in picture form or whether that's in verbal form or whether that's in written form. Whatever he's sown in your heart, understand that your heart is the ground your heart is the ground, and what you want to come up is this gorgeous fruit. And meditating on that means that, honestly, when you come across someone who basically is chock full of unbelief themselves, and maybe even has been sent by the enemy to try to steal the word on his behalf, we have been known to do that as the church, um, that, honestly, you're like, la, 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 I can't hear you because I know what the Lord has, has told me. I've meditated. It's mine. I own it. I walk in it. And nothing's going to steal that thing from me. Sometimes you've got to get violent. You've got to get, 
you got to get um, like a bulldog. Like I, this thing, I'm going down with the ship, but this thing is going to come to pass because no one's going to steal it from me. You know, the worst case scenario for, for all of us is that we die in faith believing. But you know, if you die in faith believing for someone that has something that hasn't manifested yet, um, you die a happy camper right? And you'll live a victorious life. You're going to be much higher your water levels. You're going to be operating that higher water level much higher than if you were just kind of, well, I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to be hurt. So I don't want to hope. Well, I mean, grow up. I don't know what else to say. I mean, no one, you know, it's like we've got to get a little bit of intestinal fortitude, right? I mean, be like that little kid who's got that toy and someone else tries to take away the toy. It's like, mine, it's mine. Okay, be that little kid. Hold on to that thing. It's yours. It's yours, son of God. It's yours, daughter of God. And don't let anybody take that away from you. Okay, those are, those are just some tools with how we can overcome those limitations. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. I know we had, um, um, you know, just some amazing ministry, but I just believe that this is a word in season for for particularly some, obviously we all need it, because this is just yummy good, okay, so just partake, but I, I really feel like um, this is very pointedly there for particular people, so I'm just going to pray um, just just in, in just with how the Lord is, is uh, leading me to pray, so Father, I just thank you for Wow, your word. I thank you for your sons and daughters. I thank you that you've called them to greatness. And I thank you, Papa, that everywhere that everyone is stuck, I speak an unstuck anointing in Jesus' name, that they know exactly what they need to do, that exactly what the next step, that they're able to pinpoint through revelation from you what it is, where they're stuck, and they're going to be able to know what they need to do to get out from that place, Papa. I thank you for a spirit of humility that is willing to be open and be honest and authentic and say, I'm stuck, I need help. And Papa, they'll know exactly where to do that, how to do that, even if it's just to you, between you and them. I thank you, Papa, that your sons and daughters hear well, that they see well, that they're able to connect well. And I, I just speak that word out over them, Papa, that they're able to connect with you in the very spot that needs revelation of how loved they are, revelation of how powerful you are for them, revelation that you are there for them in everything, revelation that they're, um, that they're powerful, Papa. And I just take authority over anything that would be creating mindsets of power and helplessness and being a victim and being under circumstances, Papa. And I just breathe on this community. I breathe on this body. And I say, you live and you come to life in Jesus' name, Papa. I thank you, Lord, that you're able to finish that which you've started. And I thank you, Papa, that we're, we're getting really good here at diagnosing exactly what the problem is and knowing what to do about that, that you are masterful at leading us out to, from every place that has kept us down, that has made us feel less than, that has made us feel that we're not able, that has made us feel like we're cut off of knees, that has made us feel under the circumstances and overwhelmed and oppressed and encumbered. And I thank you, Papa, for breakthroughs. I thank you, Papa, that you're raising the level of water, that this is a day of breakthrough for people. And I thank you, Papa, that they're going to leave and they're going to they're going to take the baton and they're going to run with it, that this is theirs. They're not going to drop it. They're not going to misplace it. They're not going to revile it. They're not going to look down on it, but they're going to run with it. 
And I thank you, Papa, that this is a done deal, that you're a done deal, that you said it was finished. And I believe for that finished work manifesting in this community. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Wow. 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 Overcomers, 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 overcomers. I just hear the Lord just saying we're more than conquerors. That we're more than that. That which has come against you is coming to pass. And I see you standing on the neck of that which has come against you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I speak boldness. The word says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. I speak boldness to come against that which has come against them. Thank you, Father, that we're not confused. We're not confounded. We're not overwhelmed, Papa. But I thank you by your spirit, Papa. We know that apart from you, we can do nothing. But thank you, Jesus, we're not apart from you. That we can do all things through Christ who strengthens. And I speak a strength over this community. I speak a boldness over this community. I speak spine over this community. I speak intestinal fortitude over this community. And I speak the ability and the compassion to come along those that don't know and just can't whatever to link arms and love them back to life. And I thank you, Papa, just for revelation of even how to do that. So you're good, Papa. You're good. And we praise you. We glorify you. And we just say in all the areas where we need help, help. And we thank you that you're masterful to bring it. You're masterful to bring it. We thank you, Father. Wow. In Jesus' name, happy days. Yay. Awesome. 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 Wow.